0: Hello and welcome to the UK Wildlife Podcast. I'm Neil Phillips and I'm joined today by Maya and Ben. How are you doing guys? Good, hi. Hello, yeah.
1: good, thank you. Just
0: invented a new word there, hiahoe. <laughs> 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 Which means hi and how are you doing? But there we go. So I'll get you guys to introduce yourself because we're talking to young upcoming hip, you know, naturalists. <laughs> <laughs> hip, hip, I'm not oh, sure about that. No, <laughs> yeah. Ben, would you like to introduce yourself and sort of tell us what wildlife yeah. and stuff you're into?
2: Yeah, um, I'm Ben, I'm 14, been doing birding for about eight years now, so quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, I, I mainly do birding around the patch, sometimes go twitching afar. Yeah, throughout lockdown I've started to get in, into invertebrates, so I'm doing like starting pan listing species.
0: Much to my satisfaction. <laughs> Welcome to the dark side. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's about it from me. Just mainly birding, but then also starting to in, getting into more invertebrates as well. Especially bees. I like bees.
0: I haven't quite dragged you to the dragonflies yet, have I, Ben? So I should explain I've known Ben since you were, is it eight? Something yeah, ridiculously something, something young. like
2: that. I did go looking for emeralds at Canvey last year. did get southern, oh, did southern emeralds and like scarce emeralds and stuff like that as well.
0: And Maya, uh, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Yeah, so I'm Maya. I'm 18 now. I'm a wildlife photographer. I'm into bird ringing as well. So I got into wildlife when I was about 8 years old. Mainly into birds back then through photography. Since then, uh, like Ben, I've been getting into inverts and everything like that. Recently brought a macro lens. So I've been getting up close with uh, lots of insects and things like that. I'm also quite interested in bees as well, funnily enough. And I'm also a vlogger. So over the last couple of years, I've been doing some vlogs sharing them on social media, trying to get the word out about the natural world and how young people are into it. So yeah, that's a bit about me.
0: Actually, we'll talk a bit more about your vlogs a bit later, I think. But it's tradition now to start the show with your recent sightings. So do you want to go first this time, Maya?
1: Yeah, of course. So a few weeks ago, I went down to Franchise's Lodge, the new forest. It's a new reserve with Cameron's Cottage in it, which is a project run by the Cameron Bespoke Trust and the RSBB We, as ambassadors, went down there for the weekend and we did lots of bird watching, looking at insects as well. And I was really pleased to see wasp spiders for the first time and they were amazing. I had just got my macro lens then, so I was really pleased to get some decent pictures of them. they're just amazing, I think. And also saw lots of spotted flycatcher. It was just an amazing place to be because I've never been to the new forest before. And there's lots of dragonflies as well, you'd be pleased to hear. Oh, so
0: New Forest is a mecca for... <laughs>
1: Although I couldn't see right species because they were quite in the distance, because there's sort of a lake right at the bottom of the reserve. And we didn't unfortunately hear night jaws. that was one thing we didn't hear. I think it was a bit too late for them. Yeah. Uh, I think they might have been on their sort of late broods. But it was just an amazing experience and uh, yeah, so lots of great wildlife.
2: Yeah,
0: New Forest is brilliant. How about you, Ben?
2: I went up to Flamborough a few weeks ago for the black-browed Albatross. Managed to get there just in time for it on the Friday. I had it flying around the cliffs, which was really nice. Over that weekend, I did a bit of sea watching down there. Got a primary skewer and also lots of Arctic and great skewers. But I think the best part was on, on the Monday, just before we was about to come home, I was looking in the bramble bushes opposite the lighthouse and i managed to find a greenish warbler which was a lifer for me really really pleased with that also had barred warbler that weekend which is a new one as well and then the weekend just gone i did a patch challenge a few young birders did it basically it was it had to be green so it was no transport it was only cycling or walking I did my local patch, which is Raynham Marshes and um, Chafford Gorges and Mardike Valley, which is like uh, five miles around our house. Managed to get some really good birds, got Tree pipit over the garden, which is really nice, waking up at five paid off. <laughs> and then I got Spotted Flycatcher and Pied Flycatcher, which is very good, what, both my target species for the weekend. And then I managed to find a Great Skewer floating down the Thames at Rainham, which is a very good bird for London. So that was really nice. Yeah, I guess that's what I've been doing
0: recently. Yeah, sounds like a productive weekend. I think you might call it. Yeah, <laughs> sounds amazing. So that, that greenish warbler, that's pretty rare. That one, isn't it?
2: Yes. Yeah. I had to send some stuff off to Flamborough Bird Observatory. I got. I did manage to get one photo. The initial panic of actually finding it, and then what doing what well, actually to do next was quite funny because well I'd never found like a real proper rarity so then as I I didn't have a photo at the time I, I just wanted to get some someone else to actually see the birds. and then my dad got it and then two other people came down and by that time I actually did get a photo for like evidence so that was quite nice
0: just slightly greeny tinted is that what the name comes from
2: yeah so it's like greenish warbler because there's mm. also green and then they decided to split the two species into green <laughs> and greenish <laughs> yeah i think it's something to do with their migration where they actually come from i think i can't remember which one but is either one goes to sri lanka and one doesn't but i think green is a little more green than the greenish greenish is more like pale green and then it has like the distinct wing bar to separate it from our normal warblers.
0: yeah it's quite quite good for bird to find all right so just a nondescript brown bird got it <laughs> <laughs> oh they look the same these warm business nondescript
2: uh light green yeah. <laughs> i'd say not brown
0: <laughs> oh, yes. That's fair. oh fair point fair point yeah
2: <laughs> not as bad as garden warbler which is basically oh, yeah. Uh, the main ID feature is that it has no ID <laughs> <Yeah>. features. <laughs> That's
0: very <right Yeah>. true. <laughs> yeah. The ID feature of this is no ID features. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Oh God, I've got to do my tidies now, haven't I? Not a massive amount to report. I went to Fursley Common. That was after I'd done some tuition one-to-one photo tuition because i have started doing that again now which is lovely walking around thursday looking for hornet robber fly i found none it looks like it's gonna be the first year for a while i haven't seen any which is a shame but i did find a spider hunting wasp dragging a spider across the path and got some nice pictures of that and lots of wolves. you got to love a love of wolf. Yeah. i did manage to squeeze in a podcast on them this summer but next summer next summer maybe absolutely fantastic beewolf looks like a wasp that's been working out a bit it's quite chunky and they hunt honeybees. <laughs> they catch them on the flower midair and then drag them back to their burrow, which is a metre deep. But I'll put that in a proper podcast. It's a whole podcast in itself. But I heard a dart for warbler and those stone chats there. And a few dragonflies. Not, nothing spectacular, but you know. And it's starting to recover from the fire there. And on Sunday, I did some more one-to-one tuition and went up to Fendraton Nature Reserve, RSPB Nature Reserve. I got there in the middle of the day. It was quite busy and there was a few big lakes there and everywhere I went to get near there was a fisherman and I got a bit fed up (laughs) and thought... Oh, where else can I go? I'm sort of north of London up here. And I thought, oh, I've never been to Sandy, the uh, or the Lodge r Reserve, which is the headquarters. So I went there, had a walk around, look for some wasp spiders. Got some tips from Ben Andrew on where to look for wasp spiders and a few other bits. Found none of them. <laughs> but walking back uh, to the car, I came across a tame rabbit that literally got let me get within three, four meters of it. So that's pretty cool. Nice. Some of you might have seen the very close up picture of pretty much the eye of the rabbit. And then just as I was walking past the information centre near the car park, there was a kite tailed rubber fly, which is, you know, sort of makes up for not seeing a hornet robber fly, I suppose. It's like a miniature version. I've seen a lot of them this year around, but these ones were eating stuff. So I tried out my new, not new, but my newly modified flash setup. It eventually took the flash setup off because it was beautiful sunlight. And yeah, they're a bit flighty because it's a really warm day. Yeah, we've got some warm weather recently, haven't we? God, that's a shocker.
2: Yes. Yeah. It's because all kids have gone back to school, (laughs) so the weather's gone (laughs) nice.
1: It's weird I'm not going back
0: to school. Yeah, of course, yeah, first time for (laughs) you.
1: Yeah, I know. Next week I'm going to
0: uni, so... Oh, fabulous. You'll love it. I
1: know. I know. I think I will. It's going to be good.
0: (laughs) I loved university. Can't
1: wait to go birding down
0: there. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. So roughly, where are you going to uni? Bournemouth. Oh, Oh, and Boscombe Cliffs for Green Lizards. Oh, really? (gasps) Oh, if you work out where they are I'll be tapping you up for information <laughs> on that because I've never seen one having
1: to go down to
0: Paul Harbour and everything like that yeah and but... sand lizards oh, really? actually yeah you're right there loads of cool stuff oh, I'm not jealous at <laughs> all I'm <laughs> not jealous at all I'm not going green no. I'm going greenish oh no <laughs> Not green yes you've kind of covered it vaguely guys but what got you into nature we'll start with you Ben what, what do you think triggered your interest in nature you're still you two are still young enough to remember surely <laughs> Like me yeah
2: basically i was always like outdoors and then i was getting into like the garden birds so you know your basic blue tit great tit and then cuz we've got a quite a nice field at the back of our house went like bug hunting with my dad a lot out there and i think one of the, the major things was actually finding my first wasp spider and then i also went on a birders walk run at RSPB rainham by howard and from there basically That's where birding took off. I went on that walk and then basically bent it on... Every other one since. What about you, Maya? So there was not really a bark moment, as some
1: people call it, for me. But I think it was around when I was about eight years old. I sort of started going to my local parks with my mum. And we sort of feed the ducks and geese, like normal people do sometimes. But I used to watch Spring Watch quite a lot. So every year that would come on, I'd be very excited. I used to do like a little dance around the living room because I was so excited that it was on. So like watching that, seeing British wildlife was quite sort of inspirational for me. And people seeing people like Chris Packham. That knew so much. I sort of aspired to be like that one day. From there, I went to my local nature reserve, Warnham local nature reserve. Then I started going there every weekend, uh, much to my mum's delight, <laughs> and sort of spending hours in the hides there. That sort of I was with a camera at that point. So I sort of got into birds through photography. So I used to want to get pictures of great spotted woodpeckers. And kingfishers, so they were the main sort of birds, <laughs> that's how I got yeah. into it. But obviously as I've got older, I've got into bird ringing, so I started doing that about six years ago now. And obviously been continuing my photography, but more branching into other aspects of wildlife, not just birds. But yeah, it was mainly sort of seeing people on TV and now sort of social media. When I was about 13, I got sort of Twitter and saw these other young people. Into wildlife, which was quite amazing because being at school, I didn't really have anyone that liked the same thing as me. Although I did at primary school, set up a wildlife club. <laughs> I sort of forced people, my friends, uh, to come along with me <laughs> because we used to have like a conservation area. So we'd have like a little pond dipping area and uh, nest boxes, and I used to have like a every year they put a camera in the blue tit nest box and they would sort of live stream it from the library which I thought was pretty cool so yeah that's how I got into wildlife really it wasn't really one exact moment but it was over a couple of years I would say
0: it's interesting you mentioned social media because that's one thing I was going to ask you two about do you think that's helped because obviously for old people like me (laughs) (laughs) that are just pre-internet well the internet was about but obviously we didn't have social media Mm. I'm not that old. That <laughs> didn't exist when I was little. So for me, it was once I left primary school, there was no one else interested in wildlife. So I had to keep it under my hat. I imagine you guys at school have to a little bit keep it under your hat because, you know, any mm. anything to paint the target in your back at yeah. senior school, isn't it? Do you think that's helped you to stay interested to some degree, having contact with people that are like-minded? Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's good to have sort of a group of friends around you who are into the same thing because... You can go and meet up with them, and go on bird walks or whatever. It's just nice to have people that genuinely in, like share your enthusiasm. Because obviously, at school, when I was a bit younger, uh, you probably get teased for it a bit. <laughs> I know a lot of young people can relate to that, I'm feeling a bit sort of isolated because no one else is interested in the same thing as you. So it's been nice to sort of have like group chats and be able to yeah. meet people in real life that sort of are into birding and into wildlife. Uh, The same as you, so I think it's been really important for me. Obviously, there's negatives to social media, but there's negatives to everything, so um, I think it's been very important. Uh,
2: I I remember, I think it was about three years ago now. I saw that on well, my mum saw on uh, Facebook there was a Young Birders Walk run by Sam and Arjun, and then I went on that, and then they like introduced me to like their their gang. Um, <laughs> and then, and then uh, after that, they like I got Twitter, and then I uh, introduced me to new new uh, people. And then after that, in lockdown, uh, we set up like a big young birders uh, group chat, and I think we've like approaching about sixty people in there now. Definitely nice. growing, uh, as I would say.
1: I'm in mean, multiple WhatsApp groups.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I'm in like fifteen now. There's one. Really? Um, oh, there's so for... many different ones. So there's, there's a general bird one there's I'm on a london bird one yeah um, same. and then uh, there's like a patch bird one and then there's an insect one there's a moth one there's moths there,
1: there's, there's a fungi one there's yeah
2: a plant one um <laughs> there's a nocturnal <laughs> yeah. one yeah there's there's loads. <laughs> Yeah,
0: (laughs) those people my age are just looking green with envy that we didn't have that when we were little. I suppose we didn't have all the um, the negatives of it as well. I suppose is the other thing. But I think I'm in a sort of gap age group because I'm not old enough to be one of those kids that played outside all the time. I did some of the time. But I'm also not young enough for all the groups that you guys are in. I'm also not young enough for the RSVB and the Wildlife Trusts having all these, well, people like me doing education jobs and stuff and getting families into the nature reserves. You know, Rain yeah. and Marshes wasn't there. it was but um it was like the wild west apparently (laughs) when i was growing up i didn't even know about it i had bedford's park which is essex wildlife trust but it wasn't essex wildlife trust then it was just council and when i go out now everyone i know pretty much doing wildlife photography and bird watching or anything like that are either 10 years older or 10 years younger than me almost you know there's a few people like you know around my age but most people are 10 years old or, you know i go to a field club meeting and i'm the youngest by 10 years unless some teenagers come in <laughs> and excuse it again I think
1: we're quite lucky now there's a lot more young people getting into it yeah. in my opinion i
0: think i think there is i think there was a gap with my age group there were still a few few of us and a lot of people have got into it now they're a bit older mm-hmm. i suppose it's a bit like you guys with the group when i came back from university sort of you know mid-2000s there was things called internet forums you may have yeah. heard of from historical oh, yeah. documentaries yeah. <laughs> before facebook groups existed and killed them but i think there's still a few hanging on and there's one called World about britain and i started meeting up with like-minded people and we go to places like strumpshaw fen fursley common that's how i found about fursley common and you know we even organized a trip to the farne islands one time nice you know, we all went together and it really helped. And having those people to ask and consult about either tips on how to find wildlife, where to go or what this wildlife is and be able to help and vice versa really does help with getting you engaged, doesn't it? You know, someone posts this picture of this weird orchid you never heard of. You're like, oh, I want to go see one of those now. Yeah. And suddenly it takes a while in my case, but you're into botany, <laughs> which I'm doing this year.
1: I think everyone has their little sort of area of yeah. expertise, I think, which is quite nice. Like yeah, to be able to share that with one another. And so everyone sort of gains that knowledge, I think is really nice especially for young people.
0: So, Maya, you mentioned your vlogging earlier. Mm,
1: Can mm-hmm. you explain
0: what vlogging is for old people that don't know? Obviously, I'm calling cool here hip, I know what vlogging is. I don't know what it's <laughs> called, but I know what it is. Right. <laughs> and what you talk about in your vlogs?
1: Okay, so vlogging, otherwise known as video blogging, are sort of short little videos people do, or whether that be like a day out or, for me, the wildlife I see when I go out on a walk. So I started uh, thanks to Sam who started a, sort of a vlog down challenge back in lockdown. So I started from there because I was very bored and wanted something new to do. So I got my camera out and started videoing myself in the garden talking about all sorts <laughs> the birds I saw in my garden. I got a trail camera and put that up and then sort of did a vlog on that. I carried it on after that sort of challenge stopped. I thought oh I quite like doing this like it's quite rewarding. And I'm sort of teaching myself new things whilst I'm telling others about it. So I carried it on and started vlogging at sort of different reserves that I was going to, like Paulborough and Pagham, and um, my sort of local areas as well uh, after sort of the really sort of severe lockdowns when it was easing up a bit. I was going to some of my local areas I've never really been to before and was sort of vlogging what I was seeing, not just birds, sort of bees, butterflies, dragonflies, everything like that, and then sharing them on social media. I think what I really wanted to do was to sort of show other people that it's a really good thing to be into wildlife and it's for young people. And I know that although it's really improved, there is still a stereotype that is for sort of old white middle-aged men. Which is not, so that's another thing. And I wanted to just sort of, as well as that, it really helped to improve my confidence. Obviously, having to present to a camera, it's really helpful for that. Uh for like public speaking, for doing talks and stuff, it's really helpful. And of course, of sharing my knowledge of the natural world to other people. So I've really enjoyed it, and hoping when I sort of go down to Bournemouth that I'll be able to share some vlogs from all completely new places, which I'm looking forward to doing.
0: Oh, brilliant! Yeah, now I've, I've watched a, f- a few of your, well, more than a few of your vlogs because when they come up, I always stick them on. And my daughter's <laughs> watched them as well, actually. Oh. Goes, oh. That's do good you know her? Said, well, yeah, I do a little bit. Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh. <laughs> well, that's quite that's good. Pretty really
0: good. Yeah. So Ben, you got into something else in lockdown, didn't you? Involving a microphone and birds flying around. Yeah. So I got into well, as we call it, NOTMIG, which is
2: uh, nocturnal migration. So basically, I got a recorder put outside every night, and then. Basically, you just leave it going overnight, normally stop at around 5 when sun comes up, uh, you just wait overnight whilst you're asleep and then in the morning you just bring it in and then you can go through the sound files and then you can look at what goes over your garden overnight, so anything that's cooling gets recorded. When you have different types of bird that you just wouldn't expect to go over during uh, in in a garden, I mean, I've had things like Brent goose, Green Shank, Wood Sandpiper fly over. When when you're in like just a garden, you wouldn't think like waders and um, things like that would just be going over. It is it, quite impressive to see what actually goes over, which isn't actually seen. So. I know Arjun does a lot of it and he's had things like ortolan bunting, which I mean is, is quite a rare bird to have, and especially to have that go over your garden. it's is quite ridiculous. Yeah. So when you have like, different birds going over that you just won't see during the day, I mean people have learned a lot through uh, nocturnal migration and see how actually birds migrate overnight. Because you have different birds that mainly migrate, so I guess one of them could be coot and moorhen or different rail species. So I guess they prefer to migrate overnight. So in the winter, when you have like big arrivals of coot and moorhen and stuff like that on local reservoirs or something, um, they would predominantly be flying over um, during the night. So it, it is quite, quite interesting to see how birds act during well when, when we can't
0: actually see so it's quite cool oh brilliant go back to you Maya. You, you do a lot of wildlife photography what sort of gear are you using and i guess it has been birds but now you're going on to insects more would you say or
1: yeah, yeah. i have a canon 600d which is about six years old now so i really wanted a new body but i need to save up for that always <laughs> the way. when i'm about to go to uni to save up for, hey hey <laughs> And I've got a 400 lens. But recently, a couple of months ago, after saving up some money, I brought a macro lens, which I was very, very happy about. I've always wanted to get a macro lens. And it sort of really opened up a new world of photography for me, especially getting it during the summer. I've just been in my element going out and trying to photograph butterflies. And it's been really good for, because I do a bit of moth trapping as well, taking photos oh, of yeah. the moths that I've been catching. So, yeah, I've been really enjoying using the macro lens. <laughs> Although it's quite difficult when butterflies and that keep flying away, quite <laughs> a bit frustrating. Yeah.
0: you have to do crazy things like Victoria does and get up at five in the morning in June. And uh when you get a cooperative lizard as well down on Boscombe Cliffs, you'll love mm. that macro. Ooh, oh, really yes. good.
1: that is a good point. <laughs> I hope you'll be finding plenty.
0: <laughs> Although, don't use an adder.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe reasons. maybe not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> first of all let's talk to both of you about bird lists and i'll come on to the next thing i'll talk to ben about i think you've got a life list as well have you Maya? bird list
1: yes but i don't really update it anymore
0: (laughs) if we have a who's got the most birds on their list i think i know who's going to win on this competition do you know roughly how many you've got off the top of your head should have asked this before
1: to be honest i don't really count anymore (laughs) because
0: oh that's good then I might
1: yeah, not come I, I, last. I keep a year list, sort of, but I've lost track. I've not updated it. I was only yeah. out 200, I think. But yeah, but I'm not really a, a lister as such. I just enjoy it <laughs> when I go yeah. out. I'm not really a competitive sort of bird or anything or a twitcher. So I just go out and enjoy what I see.
0: I did list for a while, like, keep year lists and I didn't do mm. count lists or anything like that because I'm not organised enough. But I kept a year list and a life list. And the reason I started my life list is because I got to the point where I knew I'd seen a species, but couldn't remember if I'd seen it in captivity or in the wild. And at one point four I saw my first ever pin towel, uploaded a picture to Flickr, then searched for it and up came a picture of a pin towel from exactly the same reserve oh. four years previously. So I had Lose seen camp. one before. And I think oh do you know what I don't know how many it is now. I wanna say two hundred forty or two four one or something like that. But um Ben, you're gonna take the eclipse now, aren't you? With your...
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm approaching three hundred. I think Oh I'm you're on... not. I'm on uh, two hundred and ninety-three
0: now. Oh my word! I thought I was catching <laughs> <Yeah>. you up.
2: <laughs> I haven't actually got that many this year. I guess mm. I, I did get two last weekend with Bard and then the Greenish, yeah. um, and then the Albatross as well. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping. Has got that to many? many. got
0: three in a weekend, but I ain't got that <laughs>
2: many. I'm hoping to get to three hundred this autumn. So I think I'll do a trip up to Norfolk if there's a good easterly wind. Maybe get some stuff drop in there. So yeah, closing down on 300.
0: I decided a long time ago if I got to 250, I'd be quite happy. I get to 300. Yeah, I did think 300 maybe one day if if the climate change goes bananas and we get a whole like 50 new species oh, as everything God. else goes extinct, yeah. then I might get it. But <laughs> you not know, let's not go into that.
1: No.
0: Thing is though, dragonfly wise I'm doing pretty well. I only got two left to get. But nice. um, but wow. that brings us neatly on because, see I set that up as a perfect segue. No one will suspect it now. As the perfect segue, you are a pan aren't you, Ben? And I'm a I'm a half hearted one.
2: Uh, yeah, I've started started pan listing, I guess, in the lockdown. So I got a microscope as well, starting looking at the the tiny things <laughs> like spring <laughs> towels and that.
0: So for those don't know, pan listing is basically yeah. listing everything, plants, animals. Fungi. Some people even do bacteria, I think. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. You've been beating me on that now, aren't you? I think you've got over a thousand and you haven't even done any plants yeah, or something I, I, you were saying I, to me.
2: I'm not that great on plants, so I, I think my main one would be moths. So I think I'm approaching about five hundred moth species now.
0: So Wow. I think I've got about eighty. <laughs> Listing's not for everyone. We're we're for conforming to stereotype here, aren't we? With the two males listing <laughs> <laughs> the female not. But the I find, that the, the reason I do the pan listing is it helped motivate me with the plants, because plants are quite tricky. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think I've been moth trapping for about two two years now. So, um, yeah. Uh, two, two two three years, I think. I think two years, like, more, more, like, more intensely. I wouldn't say intensely, but um, more than previous years.
0: See, um, I, I I like moth trapping, but, you know... It's not pond dipping, is it? <laughs>
2: the good thing about moth trapping is that the moths come to you, mm. so you don't actually yeah. have to um, like go hunting for them.
0: Where's the fun in that?
2: <laughs> it's a lady person. Well, oh, when good. when you have like uh, something, I don't, I, I'd say, I, I don't know, some type of hawk moth species flying around a trap and you're running after it with mm. a net. <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah. <laughs> get your steps in there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I always love the moth trap intruders. You get some really cool... Shell bugs, caddis flies, water boatmen, and diving beetles. Yeah, yeah, uh, People yeah, have yeah. had their life scared out of them by great silver water beetles <laughs> crashing into their traps. <laughs> people have records, I think, of vagrant emperor dragonfly from moth traps That's as well. Wild. We think they migrate at night. Sadly, you wouldn't pick it up on your uh, not mig, mic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've I've had some cool stuff in there. Oh, um, carrion beetles, as we spoke about on the podcast earlier this year, with Ashley. Weffin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good old Ash. Did you see, about a week or two ago, someone corrected her on an idea of a carrion beetle? Yeah, I saw that. And then someone went, yeah, you do realise she literally wrote the book on oh, them, no. <laughs> and they didn't answer Too that, did they? That was quite funny. I think two
2: weeks ago now, I actually caught a moth, and it's the first record since 1996 for Essex. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was like some type of small micro with a long Latin name, so oh, God. I, 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 can't, I can't, can't remember its actual name. Uh, so
0: what you're saying is you're the first person since 96 who could be bothered to identify
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's actually quite a nice micro it's not like a a little brown thing or one of the top which are quite hard
0: oh yeah yeah, I, I give them to my boss to ID when I find them. You <laughs> know what it is? Take it away. And here we go. Moving on slightly, Maya, you've mentioned them already, the Cameron Bespoker Trust, because you're an ambassador for them, aren't you? Do you yes, want to explain yep. what they do and what your role involves?
1: Yeah, so the Cameron Bespoker Trust is a charity which aims to engage young people with nature through sponsoring competitions, setting up events like BTO Bird Camp which myself and Ben have been to. And as well as that, they've got a new project, which I mentioned earlier, Cameron's Cottage in the New Forest, which is going to be a residential centre for young people from all backgrounds, from inner cities and towns to come down and sort of immerse themselves in nature and take part in citizen science surveys and everything like that. So my role as an ambassador involves getting the word out about them, meeting up with other young ambassadors, coming up with some ideas, like the London Bird Walks, Arjun and Sam are doing at Raynham. So it's all about sort of getting other young people involved and creating a community. Over lockdown we did quite a lot of uh, virtual wildlife quizzes at one point we had about sort of 40 50 young people on zoom doing wildlife quizzes with quite difficult questions actually at some points which even <laughs> challenge yeah experts <laughs> so yeah sort of my role is to sort of get the word out about them uh, get other young people who have just sort of get into wildlife and are just sort of coming into the interest uh, involved with them And, uh, yeah, it's just an amazing charity, and they do such great work.
0: Yeah, I've I've seen a lot of the stuff they've been doing. It's fantastic. And you've mentioned camps, there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've both been on camps, haven't you? We have.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Did you do one recently? Oh, not recently. Recently relative to what's been going on.
1: So I did my last one was 2018. So uh, the first one I went to was 2016, and I was 13 years old. So that was quite an experience going up there. Yeah. So I've never been to Norfolk before. Went up there and I've sort of met a whole load of young people who like just amazing and experts at everything to wildlife. And we did moth trapping, went to Lake Neath Fen, did nightjar tagging at, in Thetford Forest. So we just had amazing wildlife experiences. And, of course, to meet loads of like-minded young people. Yeah, it was a great thing to do, especially at that age when you're sort of just wanting to create a sort of a friendship group around you that are into the same thing. And the last time I went was 2018. A bit older.
2: That was brilliant too.
0: You've done the same, haven't you, Ben?
2: I did one in 2019, and I am actually going on one in October. So that's down in the New Forest for a weekend, which will be a quite nice, hoping for some nice species down there, hawfinch. I'd, uh, I think it would be
0: a nice one to get. And... There's a guaranteed spot for him in the New Forest. Yeah. Like even I know, even I can get hawfinches in the New Forest. <laughs> I saw hawfinches, yeah, a few
2: weeks ago down there.
0: Yeah. yeah, nice yeah. Spot. Was that a certain arboretum by any chance?
1: It wasn't actually, no
0: oh you've got them elsewhere i see i've I've got a friend who lives down there and he tells the forestry commission where stuff is he's a volunteer for them he's the guy that finds all the goshawk nests and all the hobbies and and he can't tell me where they are unfortunately yeah (laughs) yeah, he does help me find the half inches and less spotty woodpecker and stuff like that when i've been down there he's absolutely top guy and i'm going to try and convince him to come on this podcast at some point where can people find out about the london birders meets and stuff
2: on Twitter, Sam and Arjun do post when they are going to do a bird walk.
0: So if, if someone wanted to join one, would they contact Arjun? Would that be the best way to I'd go? Think, it? Or Sam, yeah, or? the
2: best best way to contact them, like Twitter, I guess, is and Facebook, they also do that as well. And they do do, I think, normally one once say, every half term yeah i think one of the major ones is rain marshes but they do do some at totridge which is sam's patch and then beddington which is argent's there is other ones uh run by other people i think they did one at lot i think it's good mm-hmm. yeah yeah
0: if you want to find out more guys just send a message to me and i, I can put you in touch with people anyway if uh if people want to join those walk- that's probably a good place to finish that it's been absolutely brilliant talking to both of you guys thanks so much for coming on thank you for asking um, me <laughs> Yeah. yeah thanks I like it um you've you've listened to the show for a while haven't you Myers? I have I I've been a big
1: there. fan for a long time so it's a privilege to be on it
0: you've sent some very good questions in over the last couple <laughs> of years so thanks to them they were good yeah. no worries. Um, I see Jeremy Yolo loved your question I can't actually remember what it was but he was like oh yeah that's a good one I
1: can't remember that I think it's about the wildlife gardening I think it might have been that that was it
0: yeah was it? yeah oh yes he was very impressed with your wildlife garden <laughs> thanks a lot guys Ben, where can people find you online?
2: Yeah, I'm on Twitter as BRNature.
0: Maya, where can people see your vlogs and stuff?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter uh, at MayaBambrick1
1: or on Instagram at MayaBambrickPhotography. So that's my main sort of. Accounts where I put my vlogs and photos.
0: Brilliant, and they're well, both well worth following. Ben to wind you up with his brilliant sightings, and Maya with her photos and vlogs. There you go. No excuse <laughs> now, guys. I'll go follow them both. Okay, everybody. I think that's it from me. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all next time. Bye for now.
1: Thank you for listening to the UK
2: Wildlife Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then please do subscribe and leave a review for us on Apple Podcast or whichever podcast service you use.
0: You can follow us on Twitter at UK Wildlife Pod, or one word.
2: Or on Instagram
1: at UK Wildlife Podcast.
0: And like us on our Facebook page, UK Wildlife Podcast. And you can also post to the UK Wildlife Podcast community group.
1: If you would like to share your wildlife news or sightings with us on Instagram or Twitter, then please tag us in the post and use the hashtag UKWildlifePodcast.
0: And you can now support us through our Buy Me A Coffee account, which you can find at buymeacoffee.com forward slash UKWildlifePod, where you can give us a one-off bit of support or join our membership scheme. Head there to find out more. This episode was edited by, by Neil Phillips. The music is by Oscar Henderson. You can find him on Instagram at oscar.creates.